Welcome to OnAmp. Oh no, not another marketing podcast. I'm your host, Will Davis. I'm the Chief Marketing Technology Officer and co-founder at RightSource with over 20 years experience in the marketing space. On this podcast, we'll cover everything from strategy to content to MarTech platforms and everything in between. You'll hear honest talk about successes and failures with our guests, plenty of analogies, maybe a couple jokes, and a lot of data points along the way. It's not just sort of um, that the content has to be really solid, right? Content breadth and depth, but more importantly, it has to be unique. And it has to be unique to two audiences, an algorithm and an end user. And I think that's another thing that's changed, right? I mean, we're, we're building content for both machines as well as for people. Welcome, joining us today, uh, Mike Benedict, VP at Go Canvas, and uh, my business partner at RightSource, Mike Sweeney, CEO. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Thank you, Will. It's great to be here this afternoon. So, Mike, uh, quick intro, and we try to keep these a little bit fun. You're originally from Texas, um, resided in what Sweeney refers to as the great state of New Jersey, which is always a mouthful. Uh, and big question on your birthday, celebratory day, 10-gallon hat, um, Air pistols or Guido Fedora and a big meatball sub? Oh, I like the idea of the air pistols, but actually it's a little different. It's Lucchese boots. So I'm still a Texan <laughs> through and through. You know, you know when you're, you're from Texas and you live in New Jersey, people automatically assume there's a joke that comes after that, right? I mean, there's two states begging to be made fun of. It's Texas and New Jersey. So, <laughs> so Mike, your official title at GoCanvas Vice President of App Store and Content, that's that's an interesting title, and we don't see that in a lot of companies. Talk a little bit about what that means. Yeah, sure. So um, Go Canvas is very much a, a content-driven company. Uh, we have been from our, our, our founding, and there, there's really content falls into two big buckets. One of them is the App Store. The App Store is essentially a very large globalized template library. And what it is is that helps us uh, – segue any kind of business that's looking to move from pen, paper, and clipboard to doing things on a mobile device, they can find a template similar to what they've been filling out on paper and download it. And obviously we optimize that very much for SEO. So that's one side of it. And then the other side of it is we have thought leadership content. And the purpose of that really is to kind of help businesses um, wrap their brains around what does it mean to do to capture information and data on mobile right? And how can that benefit their organization? And what we want to do is basically contextualize the product for very specific industries. Yeah. And that's been really interesting um, as we've kind of watched the evolution of Go Canvas to be able to hit some of those really specific industries and describe um, not just talking about product benefits uh, straight ahead and hitting people over the head with the sales pitch, but using that content to educate people on some of the information they'd be missing or some of the opportunities they're missing really specific to their industry. That, that, that's correct. And it's a really interesting point because I'll give you an example. One of the things that we've, we've focused on a lot is, is safety. I mean, it's just something that our product's natural, uh, natural for, right? Uh, our product's used overwhelmingly in the field, construction sites, uh, truckers on the side of the road, that kind of thing. And what a lot of these businesses don't realize is how much safety regulations are changing. How much OSHA is changing? OSHA fines, the level of enforcement and things like that. And, and what does that mean for you? And, and how do you approach that? And that's what our, our, a lot of our content is about. It's to help guide you through that. 
And it's not a sales piece necessarily. It's just to, here's how you can run your business better, protect yourself, and kind of subtly, here's how mobile data collection and Go Canvas can kind of help you in that process. Uh, so it's really about helping sort of democratize uh, important industry inf- information very succinctly for specific businesses. Yeah, I think it's a great example of content marketing in taking that educational content for the buyer, helping them to understand there's a challenge or a problem out there they may not even be right. thinking about, they may not be aware of, and then providing um, a subtle solution and kind of uncovering that whole hey, you could be capturing this information digitally versus trying to explain what Go Canvas does very succinctly in different industries, which, which could be really challenging. And, and the buyer may not even be ready or, or know how to digest that. Yeah, I, I think it's an interesting point. I, I, I think I'd like to add one thing to that is that you, you really want um, to make it more about what is the value add content to the end reader, right? Um, yeah, you want to talk about your company, but really that's, I mean, listen, that's advertising at that point. And, and I, I, what we have found, interestingly, um, a lot of qualitative feedback from our sales team is, look, these are facilitators of the sales process, right? People are in decision-making mode. These are businesses. We're B2B. We're not B2C, right? So um, they want to have some information. They want to see how other people have succeeded in doing this. And, and it's just how you do it, right? And then you can kind of say, yes, we can help you with that. Okay, I think they get that intuitively and segue into your product. So, Mike, you said something pretty fascinating. You said that the company itself is very much a content-driven company. And I would have looked at you guys from what I know and said, well, you're largely marketing and sales-driven. So, maybe if you can clarify kind of which one is it? Is it a mix of both? And and more importantly, like where does that come from? Because a lot of companies are product focused or operations focused. Is that straight from the top? Was there an edict right from the beginning that this is what how we're going to build this business? It's it's a really great question, Mike. And it's definitely been a, an evolution. Um, we're, we're definitely uh, you know investing quite heavily in our product and our, our dev teams. But to answer your question, it, it does go back to the founding of the company. And it, it really starts and it has remained very much at the top with our CEO, Jim Quigley. Uh, Jim uh, is, by his nature, sort of a a natural marketer and very much a natural salesman. And he got very early on, and I'm talking 2008 now, right? So this is a very different world, as we all know, when it comes to content, Uh, the value of content, and especially as it dealt with the App Store and how that could help us uh, grow and scale this company very, very quickly. Uh, And and it was a, a hunch on his part that definitely proved right. Taking a step back for a minute, uh, you talked about uh, Jim Quigley and some of the early days of Go Canvas. You were pretty early into the business, um, but previously had worked at a, a very large company in Deluxe Corporation. What do those different experiences look like? And as a marketer, you know, what were the places where you had to kind of change your approach or stretch yourself or approach things a little bit differently? Yeah, you know, so talk about the difference between night and day. One was a a 100-year-old company, 5,500 employees, a lot of manufacturing facilities. Uh, But it was a big supplier and is a big supplier to uh, small businesses. They uh, sell about 6 million small businesses, uh, and they have about 60% of our country's financial institutions uh, as customers. So they're they're a heavy hitter. Um, And it was a great place to kind of cut my teeth on SMB marketing. The segue, so that helped because that's what Go Canvas does, right? We're very much in the SMB world as well. But um, the change was interesting because you kind of go from a very structured corporate environment to you're the seventh employee. 
uh, in a company uh, that's in a very small townhouse in Reston, Virginia with another company <laughs> and one bathroom. Uh, yeah, my desk was in the hallway. So it, it was uh, it was interesting. And, and um, I, what I would say to people is this, is that there's two things that really stood out immediately. I was at Deluxe for 14 years, right? So I think one of them was that uh, there's a whole different sense of informality, right? When you work at a startup, right? It just, it, it, things just happen more spontaneously than they do with a big company. And I think um, the bigger thing is time, the concept of time becomes very fluid. Your days become long, very, very long. Cause you've got a short window to prove yourself, right? You got some initial funding and you just, you got to go in there and make it happen quickly. Yeah. And I can imagine too, coupling that with the time you joined go canvas, a lot of changes in the way people are marketing in kind of, we talked about the growth of content, much heavier focus on digital, uh, coming from a company that much of its business had been actually in manufacturing printed products. Right. Um, that's really kind of an interesting confluence of a lot of circumstances all at once. So what were some of those changes you saw, particularly around digital marketing at that time? Yeah, so I, I, I think that we at GoCanvas jumped on the SEO bandwagon really early. And, and that's that was our marketing strategy uh, for a good number of years. And so I would say that just it, it was kind of a little bit more biased towards all SEO. Um, but it was also... a an interesting segue very early into how do you leverage content and SEO effectively? And, and I know we're going to get into this, but how you do that today has changed a lot in the last eight years. And that's a challenge too, right? Because it is constantly changing. I always tell people, if you're not interested in being a lifelong learner, then don't get into this business because probably between the time we record this podcast and when it gets published <laughs> on the internet, and then when someone actually may listen to it, yeah, some of these true. things may have changed one, three, five, ten 10 times or more. Right. So, you know, looking at that constant iteration, um, how do you look at things like SEO, which is a huge part of Go Canvas's business and figure out what's working, what do you need to change and what's next? Yeah. So, so we're a very data-driven company and we have a lot of excellent data uh, to help us at right down to the template levels uh, in, in our app store uh, about you know what's working full funnel. Um, but I think, you know, it's interesting. I've been in marketing now for over 20 years and, and what you what we've seen change quite dramatically is that the level of expertise and the knowledge, you know, breadth and depth involved for email or SEO or whatever has gotten a lot more intense. So you need to surround yourself with some really smart people that that's all they do, right? They, they focus on SEO or they focus on email and they do it for a lot of different people. And they've, uh, you know, they're, they're always experimenting and trying new tools because it's, you, you can't do it uh, on your own. I think that's the key thing for people to understand. Awesome transition to my next question, which was going back to the days of the townhouse. And I didn't plan and you, that either. <laughs> we, we didn't plan that. <laughs> townhouse, you, uh, seven people, another company, one bathroom. Uh, how how many people in marketing? Uh, today, it's uh, seven or eight, roughly. Seven or eight in, in-house at GoCanvas. In-house, right. Correct. And then you tap into, as you talked about, some of these other specialty areas, uh, folks that have kind of deeper teams or agencies or other providers. 
uh, to go deeper in those areas. Right. Correct. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, it's one of those things where you're always, uh, as a company kind of looking at how much do you bring in house versus how much do you outsource? And I think that conversation again is shifted uh, just for the reasons we just talked about. So quick follow up on that, Mike. So you've got this great team now. I know a lot of them, a lot of talented people running around both in marketing and on the content side. And I know you use some agencies and what have you. Um, so there's a lot of strengths there. Can you think about though, for those that are out there building marketing and content teams, any of the mistakes you made along the way or just misfires or misjudgments? You know, what I would say is, you know, get your data in order as quickly as you can. Uh, what, what you want to learn really quickly, uh, especially depending on how broad you go into the market is, you know, what industries are doing really well for you. Um, what customer segments, I mean, we certainly had, uh, some data, but when you get into really deep data down to an individual, uh, you know, content item level, uh, then you really start to understand what's working and what's not. Because as you look to scale, and again, you're trying to scale quickly, right? Most companies want to grow quickly. You want to have a good understanding of um, where your hotspots are and where they're not. Yeah, that's interesting. You talked about some of the places where you were focused on content and creating really specific vertical content um, to sort of Sweeney's question and then your point. How did you identify those industries? Because I know, you know, the first time I heard where your focus was when we were just having a conversation, I thought, wow, you know, of course, mining seems like just an awesome industry for a startup to tackle. And it seems counterintuitive to some of the sort of, you know, typical startup focus areas. But I know there was a lot of thinking and planning there. So how did you go through that process? Yeah. The one good thing about the product is it's sort of naturally, um, I mean, the product can be used across industries, right? It can be used by, you know, doctors. It can be used by people running manufacturing facilities or somebody coming to replace your locks right on your house. Um, but the product kind of naturally and sort of very much organically, what we found is the market kind of gravitated to us were more, you know, field service oriented businesses, uh, folks that were doing things on pen, paper and clipboard, um, probably got sick of doing it that way and wanted to, you know, much more efficient and, um, way to do it. And so those were our early markets. I also, you know, when I joined the company, I had a, you know, a lot of experience because it was the same market segment I had, I had marketed to for many years previously. So I had a really good sense. Like when we built out the app store, I knew which verticals we wanted to focus on pretty much straight away and which ones we didn't want to. You mentioned the app store and I think, you know, that's a really interesting piece to look at as we talk about marketing and content because there's both that. How do you market to the top of the funnel folks? And then how do you market to get folks into the app store? And those are kind of different approaches. I know content's a big part of that. How do you segment that content? How do you figure out sort of what goes where and, and how you're creating the right content for each of those segment. Yeah. So it, a little, it's a little bit of a, of experimentation, right. That, that has to go on uh, a lot of it because our content is geared to very specific industries that kind of lends itself from a search uh, standpoint. Um, but you know, even there, what we're learning is it's all about semantics, right? With search, every one of us in this room, uh, if we search for the same thing, we may use language a little differently. So you know, as a marketer that's trying to leverage search, how do you sort of understand the semantics 
uh, of what people are trying to do and then understand those semantics on a lot of different industries and a lot of different use cases. You can't do it. I mean, you, that's where you need algorithms and that's where you need a lot of great technology to help you out. But that's kind of what you need to do to win, right? If you're going to win in Google. Yeah, I was fascinated to hear uh, when Google had their most recent uh, testimony in front of Congress and that seems to be happening more and more yeah, these no, days. Right? Uh, but that still to this day, north of 20% of searches are uh, completely new to Google, meaning Google has never seen that combination mm. of words in a search before. And, and I think part of that is just, as you said, we all search a little bit differently. And I think part of that is um, we're now, you know, many, many years, call it 25 years, 20 years into using search engines, and we've gotten better at searching. Right. I mean, there was a time, and I don't know if you guys have this experience, but there was a time when there was someone in the office who was good at Google. You're like, oh, go to Will. He knows how to find stuff right. yeah, no, no, in 100%. Google, yeah. which is just ridiculous now <laughs> to think about it, right? I mean, how, I mean, of course you're finding what you're looking for in Google, but for right. a while that was a thing, and I think we've all kind of gotten these places. So um, in the weeds a little bit, how do you reverse engineer? You talked about having your own algorithms to look at these are the types of searches we want to make sure we're ranking for. What does that process look like? Well, it's it's one that's evolving. Uh, we, uh, we've developed some proprietary stuff ourselves, but there's also a lot of really good tools out there now that can help you uh, dissect that uh, down to a very specific search level. So if you, you, know, you search for a particular search term, uh, elevator inspections, there are software programs out there that will say, here's the 20 different ways people are searching for that and here's the one you really want to focus on and here are the other questions related to that so you can score in FAQs in Google and here's other topics you should consider. So I think the, the level of sophistication of how content can be found in Google has really been amped pretty significantly, especially in the last 24 months. And you guys at CoCanvas are very metrics driven as we talked about. So yeah, what does that kind of scorecard, scoreboard look like? What are the things you're measuring um, both on the app, tour, app store side and then also on your more thought leadership oriented content, what are those specific metrics and what do they tell you? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you what's nice is we take, uh, I'll take some liberties here with saying this, but we, we, we take two very different approaches for um, when it comes to metrics with thought leadership versus sort of the app store. Uh, the app store is an acquisition, acquisition engine and so uh, it has some very definitive goals it has to achieve, right? We bring in it, uh, leads at the top of the funnel, and then, you know, everything kind of falls suit. Uh, so that's very easy uh, to measure, and we're held to goals and, you know, very accountable for that. Thought leadership, though, it, it, it's interesting. We are very metrics-driven, and kind of when we initially launched a lot of our content, like the ebooks and, and infographics, there was a lot of... Um, how shall I say this, interest in, in how those were performing, right? And, you know, sort of people had more of a traditional top of funnel mindset about it. But, you know, as we've launched them, it's been sort of moved away from that and kind of understand that, again, that's just part of the sales process and we need to have these assets. Um, what I do think, similar to search though, you know, some of the tools that we have available to understand the efficacy of content marketing has gotten have gotten a lot better, right? So we now, for an interactive pieces, we can look at what topics are doing really well, uh, what quizzes people are, are clicking on. So, you know, what's, what's a hot topic right now in content marketing? Content proliferation. Well, what do you proliferate? Where do you start from, right? And I think that that's 
one thing that's changed with content marketing has kind of helped all of us in the industry kind of say, well, look, you know, we know there was a lot of interest in this particular topic. Let's build out a lot of more uh, subject area around it. Yeah, that's really interesting. And as you sort of alluded to the evolution of content marketing, where I think many companies started getting on the bandwagon and, and go canvas is an exception, but sort of said, we need to create content because we need to create content. Mm. Um, versus some of this idea of we need to create content because we're trying to drive some type of a business outcome. Um, with that in mind, you've tried a number of different formats and, and really thinking about where are the buyers going, right? So everything you mentioned, quizzes, interactive content. Um, you know, I, I think we started like with a lot of companies. We started with PDFs and then inter- then moved and migrated onto interactive eBooks and, and uh, infographics. I, look, I'm going to tell you the best thing that I've seen come out of those. Uh, and that is the receptivity by the sales team, the people that are going to send these out again and again to users, because the, the whole interactiveness is just, it's beautiful. It's fun. You get into it, you can skip around, right? And it's very, you know, you see things moving and, and, uh, you know, uh, little hands waving at you. You don't, you know, you don't get that with a PDF. Um, and so I, when I see the sales team get that excited, I know we're going to get some leverage out of this content, right? They're going to send it out because they're going to listen. You're going to really enjoy looking at this. Um, so I, I, that has been very big for us aside from like all the metrics that I just talked about that you can get out of that. So, so I have a quick one on that, Mike, um, you hit on, you preempted a question related to salespeople in their, uh, use of content. Which is, it sounds like you're saying your crew, and I know you've got a pretty significant uh, sales team inside, outside, what have you, they use the content. But we also know in most companies, some use it and some don't. Um, that's just our reality. Do you have a sense inside Go Canvas why certain folks do use it, why they don't, why certain pieces are used and certain ones aren't? Do you get analytical about that? Well, we, we definitely uh, survey uh, our sales folks uh, quite a bit to understand what uh, they find useful, what they don't. And, and the wonderful thing about salespeople, especially when marketing asks them questions, they're just very much cards on the table, right? They love to tell you what, what uh, they think, good and bad. Uh, and, and I think a lot of it comes down to, you know, as we've scaled as an organization, it's how do we um, just let people know these assets exist and educate them on it? Because we're hiring really fast. And when you're onboarding that many people and we're, you know, we're constantly growing and diversifying our content, it's like sort of how do you effectively uh, let them know that that's uh, here and they can use it and uh, more importantly, how they should use it, right? You can't just assume sales folks, you hand them an ebook and they know what to do with it. You need to help walk them through it, how to use it. So, Mike, where do you see the future of content marketing going? What's next? Yeah, so last summer I had a, an opportunity to attend the Distilled ODN conference in Boston, uh, SEO conference. And it was really a very compelling uh, conference. And, and there were a couple of themes that came out of that that just resonated with me. They you know, just sort of stuck with me. And one of them is that the amount of content being produced is up 300%. Uh, but the level of engagement is up only 5%. And, you know, no surprise, we're seeing serious diminishing returns from content, right? Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the, the other is that they talked a lot about organic and they talked a lot about search engines and, and how much space, specifically companies like Google, are allocating to organic. It's shrinking, right? When you look at Alphabet's revenue, 
84% of it is tied back to paid advertising, right? Um, yeah, I know they do their cars and whatever, air flying airplanes and whatever, but uh, they <laughs> seriously, it comes down to that. And when you're a public company and you have to grow, and this is what they talked about very candidly at the conference by 15, 20 billion every year, you really need to leverage your 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 your, your key drivers. So that's 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 the um, th- those are kind of the big things that that I think really um, stood out with me. And and I think that the, the kind of the bottom line from that will is that look, so you you've got a you've got less space to work with right as a marketer, um, but you also know that Google in their rankings very much values content breadth and depth. So it just means that we as content marketers have to really up our game. You know, that was a really great uh, point, Mike, because some of the things we've seen, I mean, even going back, what was it, eight, nine years ago, where there's all this skepticism around will Facebook survive? Not the skepticism that exists now for different right, reasons, yeah, but... I was about to say it's different now. Yeah, I mean, then it was, can they monetize mobile, right? Well, and we've seen the answer to that, which is stick ads everywhere and not allow organic content to show up for almost anyone. And I say that in a derogatory way, but again, no. to your point shareholders want to receive value right and coupling that with what you identified sort of that that content shock phenomenon right there's so much content out there everyone's creating content more 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 so there's you know as i hear it from you and we see this every day right more content but that content is getting individually to fewer people without putting some money behind it right. so how does that change your approach at GoCanvas? Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, in the thought leadership stuff, we have to think about what is really unique out there. If you're going to target an industry like construction, transportation, manufacturing, there's a lot of content out there, right? So, so what are you delivering that's kind of compelling and unique that they haven't already seen? It's, it's a little bit of a different story with the App Store because the App Store is very much an SEO play and it's not just sort of, um, that the content has to be really solid, right? Content breadth and depth, but more importantly, it has to be unique. And it has to be unique to two audiences, an algorithm and an end user. And I think that's another thing that's changed, right? I mean, we're, we're building content for both machines as well as for people. Yeah, and that's a challenge. How do you figure out, you know, okay, so this piece is designed for humans and the machines, and what does it need to contain when you go through that process in order to say, great, this ranks for SEO and will be helpful to the buyer? Because I've seen far too many that skew all the way in one direction or another where it's like this probably ranks really well in search but was written by a robot right. uh, or at least for a robot and gave me as a human no value. Yeah, I, I think it's – I like to use the term merchandising license, right? You, you really have to read it as a human and, and say, you know what, I'd be interested in this, right? If I were a contractor in Iowa, would I care, you know, or, or, or would this just sound like keyword jamming? Uh, and, and definitely, listen, Google's onto that kind of stuff, right? So, so, so you know, you, you wouldn't end up ranking anyways for it. Okay, so we've gotten pretty deep on SEO and, and kind of where content is going. I want to pivot a little bit and talk more about some of the team and business aspects. Okay. So as you've built out that marketing team going from, you know, seven people in the townhouse to where you are now, what were the attributes? What were the skill sets? Like, what were the people you started looking for? And, and what are those people you know, look like today? Well, you know, we step back a little bit um, and we start with a a higher level of view of a potential employee and look at cultural fit first and foremost. 
So it, it's interesting, right? You, somebody sends you a resume, you get a good sense. Are they accomplished? Do they look like they have a good baseline of knowledge? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, and, and we really start there to make sure they would be a good fit. We, we have a very good culture at GoCam. It's a great culture, actually. Uh, and we want to make sure they're a good fit, right? Because, listen, when you're a small marketing team, you, you work very closely together. You work with a lot of different groups within the company. Uh, but that kind of get a little deeper into, into answering your question. Listen, we're looking for not only expertise, but proven expertise, right? Because these people, and, you know, can somebody come into an organization that's very metrics-driven and prove themselves? So that's also a big factor of, of what we look at, too. And they're specific. You talked about kind of those attributes. What are these skill sets in terms of those backgrounds where they've accomplished things? Do you say, you know, when you're looking for people who are well-rounded, are you looking for people who go deep in SEO or marketing technology or analytics? I and mean, where do you see some of those... Um, uh, some of the focus today. Yeah, I, I think what has changed and, and what is a greater focus now is uh, folks that have actually worked with and ideally implemented a lot of different marketing technologies, right? Uh, it just makes it easier because, you know, again, we're very open to trying new technologies, having somebody that's gone through the implementation process, work with dev teams, you know, done the migrations, that kind of thing. That just makes a, for a very solid candidate in our eyes. Great. And we talked earlier um, about marketing and sales working together and some of that feedback you get, um, the, the surveys you put on, the content usage. But as you've scaled marketing, how do you ensure that you're keeping also as sales scales? How are you keeping those teams close? How are you ensuring that there is that um, overused phrase, hard to achieve sales and marketing alignment? Well, we, we have actually a very symbiotic relationship with our sales team. And every year, uh, you know, certain folks within both groups sit down. We know what numbers we need to hit as a company, and we just hammer out a bottoms-up forecast, right? How many leads are we going to need? How many top leads are we going to need? How many closed accounts? And how many reps are we going to need to call those accounts and qualify them and close them and whatnot? And that's an ongoing discussion. So that's one way... Uh, that we definitely keep it tight. But I would say the other way is we get them very involved. Um, let me give you some examples. Like on the content side, right? We, um, we've had, when we've developed eBooks, we know that certain sales reps are just nailing certain industries, right? They're, they're really good experts. We have them talk to the writers. Um, because this is, again, where marketing and sales can benefit from each other. They bring in the language, the context, that kind of thing. Uh, and obviously, every year when we build out a content calendar, we work with them. We, we present it to them and we, we look for their feedback. So we try to keep that symbiosis going. That's great. You get kind of the input and the buy-in and the industry expertise before you go and create a lot of content and then kind of cram it back to them and hope that they're going to use it. I imagine to our earlier conversation about kind of effectiveness and adoption of using that content, the first approach of getting their buy-in early and getting their inputs is far more effective than saying, marketing went off in a corner and made this piece, now go use it. Hey, well, absolutely. And listen, what I'm looking for, I'm looking for internal advocates on the sales team, right? Those that will rah-rah and, and like cheer when we bring out a new ebook, right? Yeah. And and the more of those I can get going, um, the better. Because, you know, they'll, they their peers see them doing it. You know, that's, it'll fall suit. That's great. Um, more kind of business focused question here for a minute. Uh, as Go Canvas has grown, um, successfully uh, had a number of rounds of funding, continues mm-hmm. to grow and move from kind of that startup sca- stage to uh, scale up. Um, what role is marketing played? And I guess I'd say in two parts. Obviously, one, we've talked about a lot of how marketing has been able to drive the business and help sales. But two, how does marketing help? 
from an investor standpoint? And, you know, are there investors you were trying to use marketing to get on their radar? Are there things you've prepared for investors? How does how does marketing function in that role? Yeah, it's a really good question. And it, it, to me, it comes down to two things. One, uh, it, it's metrics, metrics, metrics. Uh, most of the investors just eat data up. And really, marketing has sort of the bird's eye view of a company, right? And in many respects of, of the, the core performance, right? Not the whole financial side that the CFO provides. And that's what investors want to see. How are you able to scale this business? And I think, um, too, you know, what, what they want to see from marketing is you have a you know, really solid plan on how you're going to continue to grow and scale the business and that you, you know, you've proven you can deliver on. So Mike, that's the, the kind of data driven, you know, predictable funnel, predictable ROI side of marketing. Welcome to my world. Yeah, exactly. But there's another side that we all know about, which is kind of the, we'll call it the softer side, the brand side, the culture side, these things that feel really hard to measure, but we know sitting in this room are really important. Do the folks that fund you guys acknowledge that? Or is it, listen, just show me the metrics. And if you guys want to go do that brand stuff, you you enjoy it. We understand it's important. Or do, do they talk about it? They talk quite a bit about it. And and culture is... Um is a huge thing that we find both the uh, that the investors are looking for a cultural fit with the company they're looking to invest in, and obviously we're looking for from our investors as well. So no, that 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 definitely uh, plays a part of it. And look, hey, listen, these people—they're very very bright. They get that companies have to develop brands, that they have to have a personality, that they um, have to have a voice, a unique voice. And um, what we've seen is that they're very receptive to the idea and willing to invest in it. One last question, tip for, uh, you know, younger 20 years ago, uh, Mike, what would you tell that Mike now knowing what you know? Wow, that's a tough question. Don't move to New Jersey? No, I would definitely say move to New Jersey. Texas I, forever. I, yeah, no, I know. I like New Jersey. But um, Thomas Friedman, he's a writer for the New York Times. He wrote a great book many years ago called, uh, titled The World is Flat. And, you know, he talked about how um, talent is becoming, you know, just you have to have a high, high level of talent, right, to make it in this world now. And he said, listen, you have to have talent, but keep this one thing in mind. Just be flexible. Be willing to pivot. Pivot jobs, pivot locations. That's what it's going to take to survive. Um, and, and I read that many, many years ago, and that's always stuck with me, and that's always been a paradigm that I've kept kind of front and center. Great advice. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us today. Sweeney, thanks for sitting in in the three-man booth. Talk to you soon. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it.